0: Hey everybody, James Arnold Taylor here, and you are listening to the great, big, beautiful podcast. Obi-Wan Kenobi has a good feeling about this. Yeah, but dab doo Fred Flintstone too. And Ratchet, well, he's just me. been to
1: Disneyland? Affirmative. That was definitely an E-ticket. I can't believe all the new gadgets they've got now. For a while, we didn't even have a house phone, not to mention laser discs, high-def TV.
2: You are listening to The Great Big Beautiful Podcast, this week on the show. So I I have to ask if if, uh, the States were a comedian, who would it be?
0: Uh, Some Americans find it insulting before I say it. Remember, I'm sort of half-joking, and the part that's half-serious. I love that you have uh, to set this up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm setting it up, and it's like three words. Um, uh, Yeah, (laughs) I'll keep setting it up. Uh, I'm half-serious, but it's an exaggeration. Just like Woody Allen's an exaggeration with a Canadian, this is an exaggeration. Here I go, don't hate me because you're American, Uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Justin Connors. Welcome to the Great Big Beautiful
3: Podcast. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the GBB podcast and Twitter at the GBB podcast as well. And you can find us all over the internet in different places. to download All over all over the internet? Well, you know what? Really, if you, it, really, if you search our podcast, there's like these crazy micro podcast sites where they list your RSS feed. And I, I, I went down the rabbit trail one day and there's yeah. so many of them. And Are we getting paid for those? <laughs> well, I mean, it's pl- it's our RSS feed, right? <laughs> we yeah. have made a cent on youtube
1: though
2: <laughs> yeah just you know, let's let's be let's be honest we're not making any money in this we don't we've not monetized this in any way no, no, we're no. just doing this we're just we're honestly we're doing it because we like it
3: and and the it's reality is if we approach if we approach sponsors we probably could but yeah i don't i don't i don't i know, I know that we're talking podcast business in, in front of everyone but uh um i think that for it to be worth, it would have to be relevant to the- our audience i don't think i would do it unless it was relevant to our audience and if oh, i agree you know yeah, it'd have to be worth it i wouldn't just you know a couple hundred bucks a month go sell our souls to <laughs> advertisers you know. yeah like
2: you're saying i mean we're not gonna we're not gonna start getting uh sponsors like dropbox or something like that <laughs> you know we're not, we're not a tech website but uh, you know if something comes along um them, we're not opposed to it, but we do this right. because we enjoy it. You know, we're just doing this for the fun of it.
3: Well, yeah, I'm in so many podcast groups where their main focus is just like, get the numbers so we can charge ads. Right. And
2: yeah, I mean, we see, we see numbers, you know, right. it's, it's nice that people are listening. It's nice that people are interacting every week. We get mm-hmm. more and more people interacting with us on Facebook and Twitter. And that's great. That's kind of right. I mean, if we're doing it, it's to connect with people and to share our guests stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we just like talking to people and sharing their stories. Um, we're not doing this to you know, like we need to see those download numbers, <laughs> we need to we need to get sponsors, we need to, you know.
3: I, I'm I in mean, it. I'm in it for the tweets from LeVar Burton. That's what I'm yeah, exactly. You know,
2: I mean like if we had a million and one listeners and downloads every week, maybe we could finally land that Patrick oh, Stewart course, and Ian yeah. mckellen combo duo. But yep. uh you know, until then
3: it's nice to have dreams. If we were make <laughs> if we were doing a million, we'd be making bank anyway. So. <laughs>
2: Talk about a full-time job all right but it's not you know it's not it's not holding us back in any way we've been having great guests and today exactly. just continues that trend
3: exactly and today we're interviewing another this may as well be a canadian episode because i know i know america claims kevin mcdonald i know they they like him but in canada this is like for some reason we like to claim things like i don't the tragically <laughs> hip just played their last show and yeah, and if americans don't know who the tragically hip is it's a weird phenomenon where they're a band that they got a little bit big in america but nothing like canada and and this is the this, and kevin mcdonald you know cross borders but we claim things as ours and like hold on yeah. to them right yeah.
2: <laughs> like you did did you do you claim justin Bieber? no he <laughs> we, well
3: the here's the funny joke people are like we're going to send justin bieber back to canada and we always say well you know he was fine before we let him go to the u.s like he came to <laughs> hollywood and that was it
2: <laughs> um but yeah it's a it's a it's a you're calling it a canada episode but w- where were you
3: i wasn't there
2: again again i forget dentist. maybe
3: i can't i think i was at the dentist
2: a likely story. Yeah. We talked back about you when you weren't there. It's okay. Yes, I
3: heard. I heard. Hey, he asked about me. So he, see, all Canadians know each other. He said, you all know each when, other. When you answered the wolf, when, I was listening back to it, guys, and it's not in, in the edit, but. When he answered the phone, Jamie was like, my, my co-host can't make it. He goes, oh, Justin
2: Connors. <laughs> you you all know each other?
3: We all, uh, yeah. Like, you know, he lives in Winnipeg, but whatever. We know each other.
2: <laughs> See, most Americans have no idea about Canadian geography, though. So Winnipeg right. and, you know, Eastern Canada, it's like, yeah. you guys are neighbors.
3: Yeah, exactly. Even I think that's like Maine versus like, like Oregon. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Right. So, t-
3: so, Jamie, you yeah. talked to Kevin McDonald, which I mean, it's a fantastic interview. He's
2: hilarious. You're funny too, but he's funny. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, come on. You put me on the phone with somebody from Kids in the Hall. I'm not even, I'm not even worth a chuckle, you know?
3: <laughs> and, and like you said, it's very meta because we, we, he's starting a new podcast. So, we're talking about a podcast on a podcast. Yeah, he has
2: a new show, and it's cleverly named Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show. Uh, and as of right now, um, I don't know if you guys are listening to this when it releases or later, but as of right now, there is just the first episode. Um, uh, he, he, he released the first episode a couple weeks ago. And he does it. It's like half scripted, half not. Um, so... Uh, The format may change up a little bit, but the way that the first episode works is that he's got like a scripted um, comedy sketch with Wallace Shawn. So they 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 like kind of act that out, and then they do an interview. And the interview, obviously, he prepared questions, but that's unscripted, Um, and then. Kevin tells a story, a hilarious story about kids in the hall. And then they have on Brad Roberts from Crash Test Dummies. You know, it's a very Canadian episode. Um, and Brad sings a couple songs, which are just amazing. I mean, I'll, I'm going to be honest. I remember the Crash Test Dummies, you know, and I the, the two songs he sings are their two biggest songs. It's the the Superman song and that song. Yep. And I remember those being on the radio all the time. And I haven't heard them in years. Um, but he sings it completely stripped down. It's it's just him and a guitar, and that's it. And it's yeah. just it's beautiful. It's haunting, really. I mean, it's it's if you haven't listened to this episode of of Kevin's show, you really, I mean. I can't recommend it highly enough just for those songs. Right. Um, but he performs the, the show. It's sort of like a he, they call it like a variety show. So mm-hmm. it's like an old fashioned variety show. They perform it in front of a live audience. So the way that it's going to work is he's going to write a whole bunch of episodes at once and then go, you know, set up a few dates like in, in New York or L.A. and then perform it in front of a live audience. And then he'll have a few episodes in the can and he'll just release them that way. That's awesome. So that's the way that he's doing it. Um and right now it's just the first episode. It's hilarious. If you're a fan of Kevin, if you're a fan of Kids in the Hall, you can't go wrong. Um, but you know, beyond that, we talk about the podcast a little bit. But then, you know, we talk. It's funny because without you there, we we did talk a little bit about Canada versus mm-hmm. the United States. Um, and I wish you would have been there to chime in on those conversations. Yeah. Um, but you know, we talk about sketch comedy. We talk about live audiences. We talk about Kids in the Hall. We talk about his voice work because uh, he's in both Lilo and Stitch. And he was an in Invader Zim.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's just he, he tells a lot of great stories. Uh, it's a great conversation, and he's just freaking hilarious. Yes, he is. <laughs> and yeah, like
3: it, it's really funny to see someone that comes out of Canada and makes it in the U.S. because fu- it, fundamentally they're still Canadian, but they bring and they bring that with them. It's like it's part of them. I, I don't know if it yeah. seems like that to to Americans if they know that, but. Well it's funny in the back of our mind
2: <laughs> It's funny like when kids in the hall first sort of made a splash and it was you know back in the 90s and I remember right. it was on Comedy Central and it was it was big um and that was sort of like they were like these were like these Canadian weirdos right. you know and it's like you watch it and the comedy especially for the time it was so, off the wall and right. so abstract and so you know it was like it was like Monty Python you know it's like right. if you thought it was funny you yeah. thought it was the funniest thing you've ever seen but if you didn't get it you just sat there like <laughs> I, I don't really understand what Who I'm watching guys? Yeah. like why is this funny because I don't get it um it, but I you know in preparing for these this episode like preparing my questions and stuff I always do a whole bunch of research mm-hmm. and I fell down a kids in the hall YouTube rabbit hole man and I it bet. was just like like an hour and a half two hours later i'm still sitting there watching sketches because it was just <laughs> and i haven't laughed that hard in so long and the, that show in that comedy it really holds up it's still just so funny Perfect. so funny well let's hope
3: for a kids in the hall reunion sometime they do it from time to time they do, yeah, yeah they just they did do. one a couple of years ago well and i was reading and they were talking about possibly cbc wants them to do that's the canadian broadcaster wants them to do a christmas special so we'll see nice. if that ever happens. <laughs> so we're gonna play that interview for you right now. Hope you enjoy. It.
2: So I guess this is this is sort of a little bit meta. Uh, we're gonna be talking about a podcast on a podcast. But I should first say congratulations on the Kevin McDonald Show.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That is well,
2: very nice. Thank you. What uh, What led to you wanting to do a podcast? I guess first of all.
0: Um, you know it grew out of, um, of nothingness <laughs> like uh, I never thought about it I thought um, uh, I'd rather keep pitching TV shows I would have thought and, and, and writing movie scripts that I'll try to sell um, I thought uh, I'm too old for podcast. I didn't think that but I'm sure some part of my brain thought <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Um, and then uh, a friend of mine Phil who's now a producer in this podcast because he did this he sent me um, uh, I'm a, sort of a music nerd and he sent me Mark uh, Marin Maron uh, podcast, the right. one where he interviews Todd Rundgren, because he knew I was a Todd Rundgren fan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, I enjoyed it, and then we started talking about how I should do a small podcast where I interview just musicians, because I'm a music nerd. Um, I'll keep Maybe that would have been the name of it. I'm a music nerd. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we got uh, these guys, um, Alex and Joe, these brilliant young producers uh, of a company called Forever Dog. And they got excited about it. And then they said, you know, uh, because you're Kevin McDonald, which means what they're really, because you're a minor celebrity, (laughs) uh, we can get a theater out and have a tape in front of a live audience. And I thought, well, if we're going to do that, then why have a live audience watch me do something I've never done before? And it's probably a weakness of mine interviewing people. Why don't we make it like the kind of TV show that I've been filming and pitching for the past few years, sort of a uh, variety show? And I figure. Uh, I'm close to the end of my life than the beginning, so why don't we go all out and put everything in the podcast? Put everything in it. See, see it kept growing. Uh, It took like about a month. I'm sure it's it's a long story, but it's a short story compared to like the two months it took to uh, figure out what it was. So the podcast is everything. It's me doing monologues, sketches, comedy songs. Um, Because it's a podcast, uh, I will throw some interviews in there. Uh, We'll always have a comedy guest, and because we have a comedy guest. Uh, they'll always be in the sketches or one of the sketches, right. and then I'll have a music guest and they'll always do a song. And a lot of these celebrities uh, will be people I know from the 90s, but there's a, <laughs> there's a few younger people that will will uh, do it every now and then. And also, I'm sorry I'm talking so much, I'll, I'll be uh, quiet too, and I swear to God, um, uh, I, I, these things that I always pitch on TV, I'm throwing uh, this element in as we do more podcasts. It's going to become more of a sort of like an old radio show like Jack Benny where he sort of did a show within a show. It was like Jack Benny, and he was the host of a Variety Show, but part of the show was Jack Benny pretending to have trouble with the writers writing that sketch. So I made it something where I'm having trouble writing that sketch with the, and having an argument with the producer, and then, then we do the sketch. Oh, that's amazing. So a uh, show within the show. So I'm, I am literally throwing everything in this podcast, but I think it all makes sense together. Yeah,
2: I mean, why not, really? it's your show, you do what you want, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Soon I'll be dead. My least I'll say the funeral. He put everything in that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he, he sure put his heart into that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the podcast. Anyway, not his uh, three marriages. <laughs> <The podcast.
2: laughs> well, I mean, the show is... I mean, you've, you've got one episode out so far, and like you said, it is this throwback to, you know, this variety or sketch show. And it, yes. Um, and you, you kind of alluded to where it's going, but... Um, I mean, you're throwing everything at it, but what else did you have term have in mind and sort of in terms of like your format and your guests? I mean, are you, are, do you want to spoil any of that or do you just want to? No, sort of...
0: no, I would spoil it for sure. Uh, I, but it's, it's going to, um, you know, it's going to evolve. Um, we're organizing the next set of podcasts. Um, and what I'm going to do is, uh, because right now I'm the only writer on it, <laughs> uh, is, uh, like write two or three podcasts and then every two or three months, go to either New York or Los Angeles and um, uh, get the guests and, and do three like free shows over a course of two weeks. Um, as I write it, it's going to progress. Right now, I have this vague throw-everything-into-it idea, Jack Benny, show within a show uh-huh. But uh, I'm sure by the time I finish writing the next three, um, it's going to um, evolve in my head what it's like. And also, it's also organic because I'm really interviewing guests. And the podcast I did right now... The best part of it are the guests,
1: yeah,
0: uh, I'm not even saying that, but the best part is was the Wallace Shawn interview. Um, I just happened to be lucky that I picked some guy who was brilliant and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that uh, was all stories luck, are right? amazing <laughs> and the other amazing thing was uh, the, the Brad Roberts doing an acoustic version of Superman amazing which, it was so amazing, and I like I always loved that song, but you know, I love many songs, but when, uh, when it was doing it live, when you hear it oh my God, that's a special song. I forgot that that's a special song.
2: Yeah, it was funny. I was listening to the episode and it was, you know, it was great the whole way through the, the, the sketch and then the Wallace Shawn interview, everything was, your, your kids in the hall story, everything was great. But once he started singing, it was like, yes. whatever I was doing, I just stopped. And I just, exactly. I, like, I just, I just stared straight ahead and I just let the song enter. And it was like, it was like, all right, I was already going to recommend this this show for people to listen to. But like this right here at the end of the show, when he sings those two songs, it's like unbelievable.
0: Well, see, that's amazing. And I'm glad you said that. I'm glad that came across in the podcast because it's definitely happening live. And it came across. Uh, I'm glad you're saying that came across in the podcast yeah. because the show has to be bigger than me. If the show's just as good as Kevin McDonald is, that's fine. Um, uh, but there's got to be something, something a little bigger than just me, and that's the show. Yeah. So the fact that the guests are the best part of the show, and I'm likable enough that uh, nobody wants me out, <laughs> uh, I, I think that's what's going to make it more popular than anything, um, picking the right guests. I mean, yeah. um, right now we're doing the Chicago Podcast Festival, and I have no right to say this because we haven't even asked them yet, <laughs> but my dream is to uh, like ask Jeff Tweedy of Wilco because I think he lives oh, in New Chicago. Oh, my
2: God. That would be great.
0: Yeah, I think it's all about the guests and whether he says uh, no, I'll never do anything for that guy or not. Um, uh, that's the kind of thing I'm trying yeah. to do. I know, I'll, and I'll write great sketches or as great as I can. But um, as I say, the show has to be bigger than me. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I, I mean, I obviously hear that. I, you know, I co-host a podcast, and it's nobody tunes in every week to listen to me and Justin. They listen to the guests, you know, and that's right. It is. It's telling everybody else's story, really, is what it's about. Right. Um, is is this the first time that you've been the interviewer?
0: Yes, um, yes. I've never done it before. I, that's the one thing I was scared about. Uh, I was very lucky in the first one that um, that I had. Uh, well, Wallachan just go on and tell great stories, and um, I was so lucky. And he was he was shocked every time he got a laugh. He didn't know that he was telling funny stories. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't think he's funny. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the first time, and it's a skill that I'll develop more. Right now, it's a plan whenever I interview is to get out of the way um, and try to set up a story, but I'm not going to do like a talk show thing. Well, like you, well, you do a podcast. You don't do that, right? I'm not going to talk to them beforehand and come up with like uh, no, the stories exactly. they want. So I I, I think that's the great thing about podcast uh, interviews, is they're like real chats. Yeah. That's, and, uh, yeah exactly. and then a funny story pops up that's gold. But just to hear two people, it's pretty interesting, I yeah, think.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, – my co-host Justin, who couldn't be here, he is Canadian, and he's he's just gutted that he couldn't be here to talk to uh, you because he's a sorry, huge Justin. fan. Um, yeah, I know. Oh, well, Justin, um, <laughs> and I know he'd want me to ask this, but how much, for, how much are you going to keep that, you know, quote unquote, Canadian flavor as you go on with the show? I mean, we mentioned that Brad <laughs> Roberts was there from Crash Test Dummies, but how much are you going to keep that as as part of the show?
0: Oh, I think the, uh, there'll be a lot of Canadian flavor. I think there'll be a lot of uh, there'll be a lot of times where I think I'll get a band. That maybe people don't know in the States, but I know they're so great, they yeah. should be heard. Um, the greatest band in Canada, they sort of just split up, sadly. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: their lead singer is, is sort of sick with a terminal illness, yeah. but um, but I was planning to get them the Tragically Hip. Mm-hmm. They're the greatest, they're the most popular band ever in Canada.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, I, watched, the- I watched that, epi- that that concert that they streamed live. It was amazing. Know, so you know them. You oh, know yeah, them. yeah, 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 of
0: course. But a lot of Americans don't. You're right. Um uh, for thes sadder reasons and who cares on my podcast that that won't happen now, yeah but um, yeah, but definitely there's a and, and sometimes maybe I'll have like um I think I'll always try to guess celebrity guess, so and maybe i get a second guess who's just a great comic. And a lot of them will be like Canadians, I think. Yeah. Um, they'll definitely be a Canadian flavor. It won't be what I'm going for, but it, it's what I know more. So it'll just happen, I think, yeah. organically.
2: Yeah, well, that's great. I, you wrote an article I was in, in the research I was doing. You, you wrote an article for a Huffington Post a few years ago now where you were, it was all about why you love Canada. Um, <laughs> and in there, you said that if Canada were a comedian, it would be Woody Allen because you think yes. of Canada as a short, balding man with thick glasses who stutters when talking to a girl. Yeah. Um, and you know, from my outsider perspective, and through Justin, my who's my lens into Canada, um, he says that's that's remarkably accurate. Uh, <laughs> so I, I have to ask, if if uh, the states were a comedian, who would it be?
0: Oh, I didn't put that because I always when I uh, at parties when I, I've I've had this theory for years. Uh, some Americans find it insulting before I say, it. remember, I'm sort of half-joking, and the part that's half-serious... <laughs> I love that you have uh, to set this up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm setting it up, and it's like three words. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll keep setting it up. Uh, I'm half-serious, uh, but it's an ex Just like Woody Allen's an exaggeration with a Canadian, yeah. this is an exaggeration. Here I go, don't hate me because you're American, uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Uh,
2: I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. I, I was thinking you were going to go with, like, her- um I almost said Harrison Ford. Howard Stern. Um, Oh, same thing. Yeah.
0: It's the same thing. I could easily switch that to Howard Stern. Um, uh, Same thing. Yeah, Howard Stern Um, is less of a comedian, though. He's just more like a personality. That's the argument I've had for years with people, that he's not a comedian. uh, He gets people uh, to enjoy watching him by shocking people. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Um, (laughs) When you do stand-up, do do you – I don't know if you still get this, but do you still notice a difference in crowds or a response that you get for when you're in the States or versus Canada?
0: I notice differences in crowds, whether I'm doing by myself or the kids in the home. Uh, every city. Every city has a different personality. Every city, a crowd is a completely different fat guy <laughs> who um, uh, has a, like a different personality. Um, and, and you sort of notice it, especially when you're doing stand-up and you're doing like six or seven shows a weekend. Mm-hmm. You, you, It's just different. They all laugh at one joke, the same volume, and when um, and that'll be Washington, D.C., and then when you go to Denver, they, um, they, they'll they uh, they laugh at either a lower volume or same volume. It's um, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I don't, so I don't see a difference between Canadian and the States. Um, it's just every city's different.
2: What's the best city for, com- for stand-up?
0: uh... for stand-up well it depends what club you go to because my stand-up you sort of have to know who I am Mm -hmm. um... uh... it's sort of... so when I play uh... improv theaters and alternative clubs I do well because they've come to see Kevin McDonald they know it's like like, uh, they know it's not going to be like jokes because I don't write jokes uh... but it's going to be comedy Right. Um. but the joke, it starts off with saying, I'm Kevin McDonald. Uh, I'm a sketch comic, and um, I'm going to try stand-up for the first time. <laughs> so if I'm doing it at a stand-up club, half the people there don't know who I am because they come for the club. Yeah. And uh, they're probably like under 40. And so in an alternative club where they're laughing, where I'm pretending to, as my act uh, proceeds, I pretend to have trouble, um, if... Um, you're in a Santa club, you just see a 50 year old guy having trouble. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's just a little bit sad. <laughs> it's a, it, yeah, to them it's a little bit sad. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's the way my act is. I, like I say, I do quite well when people come for me and it's an yeah. alternative. But Santa clubs, it's 50 50. I could do well, or uh, one person once yelled halfway through my act, For God's sake, tell us jokes! <laughs> oh, no. Do you still get heckled? Well, if they don't know me, sure. Yeah? Uh, it, it doesn't happen. That, that was rare. Like, that was the first time in 35 years. Wow. Uh, the, the very first time was one of the very first shows I did with the original kids in the hall, Dave Foley and I and Luciano Casimiri. Uh, we did a show and my hair was uh you know, like crazy high and curly uh-huh. and um somebody said uh, get off the stage fuzz head <laughs> and uh I got that i had just finished living with my drunk dad uh and i had no self esteem and i remember uh Dave said um, get out of here there's a there's a club that sells cheaper beer to-. so we were uh, we were kicked out of that theater <laughs> oh, my God. because of that but it had um, i really hadn't been heckled that i remember until, like, uh, the thing I just told you about, which was last year yeah. in Calgary, like in a Canadian place. Oh, no. <laughs> and the first show went well. And the second show, it was all young people. And, I, like, I saw them yawning and stuff. And <laughs> I was trying something new, and it was long. And uh, some woman, very politely, because she was a Canadian, uh, but still, she said, for God's sake, so not that politely, like, for God's sake, tell us jokes.
2: <laughs> and I, it's like, you know, when, when that's not your, your thing, like, how do you come back from that, right?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I somehow got laughs. Uh, I, I went away, jokes, 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 and I tried to. The joke was that I was trying to make up a joke at the moment, and it made no sense. And then I sort of got the audience back. Mm-hmm. And then I went. <laughs> I skipped twenty minutes of <laughs> my act <laughs> to the end, and um, which is the closest thing I have to surefire. And um, at that point, they wanted to like me and it did a, a okay at the end. But it was very humiliating when I went in the green room and my old friend, Harry Duke, was there, who uh, lives in Calgary now and came to visit me, who's known me since the early 80s. Yeah. And it was <laughs> uh, humiliating, but. <laughs> That's the so, that's for, the way, but you that's the the pact you sign with the devil when you go on stage. The, exactly. It doesn't matter that you have a TV show that like anything can happen to yeah, anyone.
2: That, that, that's the uh, the magic and the <laughs> danger of a live audience, right?
0: Yes, exactly.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, let's talk sketch comedy for a minute. I mean, I remember back, um, you know, back in the '90s when Kids in the Hall was on Saturday Night Live, Almost Live. These shows that were like you know, redefining sketch comedy and they had primetime audiences and they were ridiculously popular. Right. Um, it's sort of I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, Saturday Night Live is a different beast. I don't see that going anywhere, but it seems like most sketch comedy has is not on TV anymore. It's it's online or if it's, it's right. some other venue. I mean, do you think that there's a future for sketch comedy on TV or is it just moving to a different place?
0: Uh, I think there there is a um, I think they're going to feed off each other. I think there is a future for sketch comedy for TV. I think um, I think more and more. It's happened a bit with the Birthday Boys, and um, and even though it's not sketch comedy, Broad City I would sort of put in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more and more people are going to get TV shows from uh, from web series and from um, from sketches. Um, uh, I, I think so. And sketch comedy is pretty strong. At least it was a couple of years ago. The Keen Peel on its peak and Inside yeah. Amy Schumer, um, and so they're. And sketch comedy's always gone through waves, um, so maybe the wave is going to go down a bit. But when it goes up, um, I think that'll be the peak of people getting TV shows from uh, from the web series. Too, yeah. yeah, I think.
2: And and I mean, likewise, right along with that, live audiences have, have almost completely disappeared from TV. I mean, there's a the rare sitcom that's still. I actually know, done I know. It's, about, too.
0: it's a, I mean, that's how I would do a sitcom, but it's still kind of sad. And sketch shows is kind of sad.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, since that is such a, a huge part of your background and where you came yes. from, how important was it to get that live audience for the podcast? Like, was that ever in doubt, or, you know, did you say this? Uh, well, is no, that's a what must. gave me
0: the idea. I mean, I was going to do like a quiet little, like, Mark Marin uh, copycat uh, interview with, with just musicians. And as soon as I heard the word live audience, well, we've got to make a show of it. Yeah. It's, it's a show. I'm not going to, like, uh, quietly ask Todd Rundgren uh, about a deep cut inside, too, of um, a wizard of true star <laughs> of his fourth album um, in front of a live audience. I'm going to write sketches and jokes, and um, we're we're going to have, like, a like a comedy and music and a big show. So there was never any doubt when I heard live audience. The Kids in the Hall, when we first got our TV show, we'd been a stage troop for a few years. That's how we were discovered. But well, we always thought that we wanted to film our sketches, mm-hmm. and Lorne Michaels calmed us down and said, well, maybe do 20%, 30% film sketches, which is what we did. Yeah. He said, you're a live act, uh, and it would be weird all of a sudden just to like uh, take that away. Also, we were young, and we were kind of punk-rocky, and uh, I think a bit of our thing, especially back then, uh, <laughs> not anymore, was about <laughs> excitement. Yeah. And so to drain the excitement from it and just film it, would probably not have been the best way to start off representing the Kids in the Hall to a to a wide audience watching us on TV.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, you watch shows like that or when you watch, like, Kids in the Hall or Saturday Night Live when it's prime, you know, it's it's the audience reactions to the jokes and to the, you know, to watching those jokes land or to watching the, yeah. the unexpected happen in front of these people and their, their genuine reactions, not canned applause. Yeah, I mean, exactly.
0: I, There's two kinds of excitement watching a sketch show. The excitement of a good idea... Mm-hmm. And then with the kids in the hall the excitement of a good idea every now and then, and the excitement of the audience reaction. Now Chappelle's show, which I love, there was the excitement of a good idea, like the time that he uh, played a a blind racist KKK guy who who didn't know that he was African American. That's an exciting idea, Uh, and he do it in front of a live audience, and and that's totally valid too. And if I did a sketch show, you know, I I mean, I do in front of a live, who knows? But uh, but that's exciting too—the excitement of a great idea.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, on Kids in the Hall, you guys really, you really did push the envelope in many ways, and you managed to get away with a lot. Yeah. Um, and I know that there were censorship battles, you know, from time to time, with a lot of the issues and, and sketches that you guys put together. But were there any sketches or ideas that you know, among the five of you, that you just said, eh, "This might be pushing. It.
0: This might be crossing <laughs> yes, the line." Yes, there is. Um uh, first of all we mostly got away with a lot because we were in a tiny little bubble in Toronto. Uh HBO sent one person out to us once a year. They didn't care we could do anything. Though they did um uh, they didn't show Dr. Seuss Bible where we killed Jesus Christ to Doctor Seuss first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why not. I don't know why not. Most of they showed everything we were very lucky C B C the president of C B C was actually the guy who discovered us because he was working for Lauren Michaels, and he got promoted to the president of CBC. So he just wanted to please Lauren Michaels. So he invented uh, Canadian TV for a while because of us, had two prime times. Mm-hmm. So from 7 to 9, you would watch the family shows. 9 to 10 is our big news hour, our new show called The National. And then 10 to 12, and CBC is our big, like, station here, mm, like I the know. BBC. Yep. Uh, and then 10 to 12, uh, he showed us and Larry Sanders, and, like, uh, unedited, and nobody ever complained. Yeah. But to answer your question, uh, I don't know, am I allowed to... Yeah, You don't know what it is yet, so you can't answer this. Am I allowed to tell you the idea that the other uh, kids in the hall uh, didn't What Dave and I do?
2: That's, that was the
0: question. All right. It's it's, it's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, they were ambivalent. It was more the producers who were saying, uh, over our dead bodies, are you going to do this? And I'm glad they did.
1: Yeah.
0: Wait, because so wait. Kids... This, Sorry, was, go ahead. This, this was your idea? It was yeah, Dave and I it was well, actually Dave's idea, but I liked it. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and because um, usually we think of an idea that uh, we we're not we weren't ever like thinking we were shock comedy. We thought we were comedy. Right. Sometimes it was like Python. Sometimes it was like Carol Burnett. Um And then later people told us it was shocking. We go really? <laughs> we just thought it was funny. <laughs> so the Would idea you... is um, it was a uh, it was based on a runner. Um, well, what was it called? Um, uh, I forget it. But everyone knows it, I but I, I forget it. Like bad moments in career shows where people make uh, bad decisions in show business. The most famous one is when um, uh, this made the show where where Dave gets the Oscar and he thinks... career-ending moments. Such a career-ending moments. Okay. Where Dave wins the Oscar and he accidentally thanks Hitler. Right. So <laughs> we did a few of those and then we thought of another one where it'd be like um, said in 1965. We'd be on the Ed Sullivan Show. And Dave and I were like, um, like folk singing, a uh, folk singing duel, uh, like Simon and Garfunkel sort of. And our song was, uh, <laughs> here it is. Our song was, sex with children, I think it's okay. Sex with children, we do it every day. Sex with children, think it's all right. Sex with children, we do it every night. Uh, and we weren't allowed to do that.
2: I don't know why not.
0: <laughs> I'm glad now. Of course. <laughs> yeah,
2: probably. That would be one of the ones you look back on and, re- and think.
0: Why did we think that was funny? Why you? was that funny? <laughs> why was that funny? Because it ended our career? yeah. Sort of, I get it.
2: I love that that's that's what stuck with you though after all these years that you're still that's the one that got away.
0: That's the one that got away. No, no, I'm happy. I'm happy it <laughs> got away. It's, but that's the yeah, that's the best example of something uh yeah. that we inside decided not to do. Oh, that's in, a good example. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, the show like you were saying, like people thought that it was, you know, pushing the envelope and it was, you know, shocking and you just thought mm-hmm. it was funny.
0: We just thought it was funny.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you look back on it and it I mean, now I think maybe, I don't know, do you look back at it now and say, oh, okay, I can see why people thought that was shocking? Uh, or no, you just still think it was funny?
0: I still think it's funny. Well, it's both.
2: I think it's for two both. For,
0: for two reasons. A, I think it's funny. And B, this was like before South Park and Tom Green. Okay. So now I've seen shocking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like like done to death. I just think it's, uh, you know, I just think it's funny. Uh, I mean, I get, uh, intellectually, I get the killing Jesus Christ, the Dr. Seuss rhyming, is shocking. <laughs> to <an laughs> but <I don't>, <laughs> but not But when I watch it, uh, I'm not intellectualizing and I'm feeling it. Yeah. And it just feels like, um, again, the excitement of a good idea. It just feels like a really funny idea. Yeah, And we respect Jesus for it. He plays it totally straight. Um, it's Dr. Seuss we're making fun of.
1: Of
2: course. Um, I mean, so the show was, was conceptual. It was abstract. And I guess... Um, i i don't know if i would have would call it shocking but i would call it i guess unrefined i mean compared to some of the, like right. some of the other things that we' on uh, uh, that's
0: good that's a, i never thought of that word before but that's very good it,
2: so i mean there. with that being said there weren't a whole lot of other shows or other groups to look to for inspiration you guys were very much doing your own thing so right. i mean was that were, were you aware of that at the time they like we're, we're charting our own course and like we don't yeah have...
0: we always thought that even when we were a stage troop. Uh, we were, like, in Toronto, and there was the, the big stage troupe was Second City. And um, in a way, I mean, we would have started a, a sketch troupe without Second City, but in a way, it was sort of an unspoken thing, but it was a reaction against Second City, yeah. where they would do parody songs. Like, that killed us. Um, they have a piano player, like, on their stage, and the, yeah. <laughs> like, like that killed us. Or before the show, they do a warm-up. Um, where, they, where they do funny voices and they go in a circle. Uh, even now, when I um, when I go teaching workshops and they ask me to improvise with them, uh, I can't do warm-ups with them. And nobody understands, but I always think a true Kids in the Hall fan will understand why I can't do an w- improv uh, warm-up with them. But <laughs> no one ever does.
2: No one ever does, huh?
0: I don't know. Do you understand? Why you can't do a warm-up? Yeah, where, we, where we're in a circle and we're going, woo-woo! And then the next person takes the woo-woo-woo and makes it a different noise. woo 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 Oh, right. Person... <laughs> it just seems square for us. We came from a place yeah. um, in Toronto in the 80s, uh, Queen Street West, West, which was sort of a pretentious artistic place. And I guess that rubbed off on us a bit. And, um, and what was your original question? Because I had another point. <laughs> There wasn't a question, actually. Oh, there are, oh, I remember the. Uh, here's something else that your question made me think of. Yeah. Um, uh, the unrefined part I really like. Oh yeah. Uh, we were rough, you know, like we, um, you know, we never. There was a group also in Toronto called the Maroons, and they wore nice pants and maroon sweaters, and we like hated that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we were just like, uh, we were sort of like, not nearly as self-destructive, uh, but mm-hmm. sort of like the replacements okay like we were doing a show and if one of our girlfriends was there and we were splitting up with them the scene would become us like uh, having an argument with our girlfriend who was in the audience it was um it was sort of cool almost pretentiously cool yeah and um and we sort of took that spirit as much as you could on tv and scott thompson has this theory once we were being interviewed and someone asked him it was kind of a vague dumb question they got a good answer they said uh Why is Saturday Live way more popular than you guys? (laughs) Oh no! Even though a lot of people think you're better.
1: Yeah.
0: And Scott said, um, in the world of lemonade, (laughs) um, Saturday Live, it's the kind of lemonade you get at restaurants that's very sweet, and everybody likes it. Yeah. Uh, You know, even we like sweet lemonade, but for those small twenty percent people who love uh, lemonade without sugar, uh, that kind of sour taste. Yeah. Uh, the people who love that kind of lemonade really love it. <laughs> and <laughs> that's what the kids in the hall are. We have the 20% audience um starting our live, but they really love our sour <laughs> comedy. <laughs> Whereas everybody likes sweet comedy.
2: How long did it take you guys to, I mean, I, I've heard this before. You just kind of alluded to it, but I've heard this before, I think probably from all of you, that when you started out, you were just totally pretentious and and... You know, <laughs> more so than you had any right to be. But how how long did it take for that to sort of fade away and
0: just? Be- oh, and Michaels were still arguing about it like brain candy. Thought we were pretentious, really? and we were pretentious about yeah, oh yeah. I'll get to that in a second. We were pretentious about an odd thing. We were pretentiously unpretentious. Okay. <laughs> you know, we were trying hard to be unpretentious, but it, but it was pretentious in a way. And um, like Lauren Michaels, when he got a like our movie for us. We only got to do a movie with Paramount because Lauren Michaels had just done Wayne's World and Paramount said, All right, we'll sign you for a five movie deal. We're really happy to work with you, movie. Uh Lauren, what's your next movie? And Lauren said, Well, it's my five man troop, the kids in the hall and I'm sure like they uh their their mouths will drop. Uh, <laughs> but um he thought, he assumed that it was gonna be a movie with uh, like our characters that were popular, like Chicken Lady and Head Crusher, right. and that was the furthest thing from her. we would never do that. Yeah, and, and are we correct in never doing that? I mean, and our first movie was a comedy about depression. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I love Rain Candy, so uh, the ending is a little we, we could have worked on that. But, but I mostly love Rain Candy, but um, it should have been our third movie. But we you know maybe we should have found a mo- uh, done a movie about a town where a character like Chicken Lady and Head Crusher could have uh, could live. Would that have killed us? Um, I don't uh, know. It could have. It Maybe could it happen. would have. Maybe we had already thought of the best. Well, I think also we were thinking that we'd already thought of the best Chicken Lady head crusher ideas.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I, I've already done six Simon Hecubuses. Are we well, gonna yeah, write I the mean, best one for the movie? Like I, I don't know. Exactly. When you
2: get the the opportunity to you know, throw a lot more money at it and to put it up on the big screen. Yeah, I can see that, that you want it. let's do something different. Let's do something yeah, pa- we, yeah, people we haven't that. seen already. So, so were
0: we times. naturally cool or were we pretentiously cool? I, I, at that point, I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, real quickly, I, I think aside from uh, Kids in the Hall and your, and your stand-up, people probably know you most for your voice work. Um right. it, it, So much of your comedy, though, is physical. I, did you have a hard time <laughs> translating that into animation?
0: I don't. I didn't because also part of uh, physicality is your voice. And that's a, I, I would say my voice is one of my comedy tools. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I consider that kind of physical. Uh, yeah, I can't, you can't see the funny face I'm making or anything like that. But it, um, it's also very tiring because a lot of people who do cartoons, everyone who does cartoons are men and women, uh, men and women of a million voices. So they can do yeah. a million voices. Um, I'm a man of one voice. It's a high-pitched scream, but but it's it's quite a voice. <laughs> it's quite a voice, but it's tiring. And also, since uh, since uh, my voice heard sort of suggests this, my characters are usually dogs and cats who fall down a lot. <laughs> I'm spending hours in the studio going, oh, 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 oh. I just did a cartoon this morning where I did that. Uh, <laughs> um, so I find it very physical. You can't see my uh, those great faces I make, yeah. but um, uh, but it's very physical.
2: If uh, if Pleakley from Lilo and Stitch and the Almighty Tallest Purple from Invader Zim starred in a buddy comedy together, what would it be about?
0: <laughs> oh, uh, let's see. Pleakley would be um, researching... Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> let me, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, yeah, let me call back the next podcast show. I'll, I'll okay. come up with it. Uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah. That's right. They're both aliens, aren't they? They're both aliens,
2: and they both okay, have to well, deal then with...
0: Okay, we need a bar. Oh, yeah, and they're both investigators. Well, the ones who runs the planet, he would be demoted. Okay, uh, Purple would be demoted uh, to, like, an uh, alien cop, and then he'd be um, forced to work with Pleakley and it'd be a buddy cop alien spaceship movie.
2: I love it. I want to see it right now.
0: Only, the, the, here's the hook, yeah. they're both by the book. Oh. You usually have a by the book and a rebel. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they have to both be by the book. <laughs> they're both by the book, and here's the other twi- uh, twist. Uh, I am coming up with the idea now. Uh, they like each other at the beginning, and then through the course of the movie, they grudgingly learn not to like each other.
2: I love it, I love it. We, you need to pitch that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think we got it. <laughs> Where would you be right now if Kids in the Hall had never been a thing? I would have been a movie theater manager. Uh, in 1984, the kids in the hall, there were like 13 of us at one point, And finally, everybody, the eight of us, I'm so going we, uh, the right math, quit because they got TV shows or Second City. And it became us five losers who couldn't get any work. Um, and that was the beginning of our year where we became the kids in the hall. And by the end of the year, we were so good, we got discovered by Lauren Michaels. I didn't know that was going to happen. We were just playing a small club yeah. to like 60 people a night. Um, uh, but it felt... Something magical was happening, and I was a movie usher for a couple of years, and um, they asked me, because I was kind of popular with the people that came in, because I was a funny usher. Every (laughs) theater has a funny usher. In those days, now ushers don't matter. They don't matter at all. I'm talking about the days of the flashlight.
2: Oh, yeah. No, they don't even
0: exist. Oh, that's going to be the name of my bi- biography. I just uh, decided. The uh, Days of the Flashlight. Days of the Flashlight. I love it. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so, so You're coming up with all sort of brilliant gems here on the show. I know. So, like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're helping me. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> so they asked me to uh, train to be a manager, and it would be full-time. And uh, that was my you know big life moment decision, fork of the road thing. And I said, no, thank you. Uh, I'll just stay in my for a little while longer until the kids in the hall get discovered. I actually said that to them. Really? So I said, oh, okay, buddy. All right. Good luck with that. Yeah. And, then, and uh, that so I think I would be a movie theater manager.
2: Oh, awesome. I know we're, we, we've run out of time, but do you have time for one more question? Yes. Okay. You asked Wallace Shawn this on your podcast, so I'm going to throw it right back at you. Yes. What's the deal with Donald Trump?
0: Yeah, he gave such a good answer That (laughs) that I can't think of anything else What is the deal with it? Uh, Americans uh, The political system doesn't work There are great politicians Over the course of the past few hundred years There have been great politicians But the system doesn't work So Americans do crave to hear something different Uh, With Obama was the word hope Um, Luckily the, the the masses were right, and, and he was the right person to elect, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think Americans crave for something different so much they're willing to be blind to obvious problems. Um, and Trump brings obvious problems. Uh, they're ignoring that, and they're focusing on the fact that they think they have a champion that's speaking for them. Uh, again, my humble opinion is that's absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, uh, I'm not hating Americans. I understand. Uh, I think it all stems from the political system. There's no political system in the world that works. Uh, but uh, uh, Americans are smarter, and as a result, they make bigger mistakes. You know, like when you see a great actor in a movie, uh, when he's in the wrong script mm-hmm. and he has a strong director. Uh, he's an amazing actor, but only an amazing actor can give a really horrible performance because he's giving 100% the wrong direction. And I think sometimes Americans can do that while voting.
2: Yeah, I agree. All right, so everybody listening, go vote. (laughs) You vote. Vote for Hillary. You vote for the right person. Yes. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. It's hilarious. No, I had a lot of fun. I'm not even lying. Thank you so much. Well, that's it
3: for this week on the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. Jamie did a good job. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) He, what what a great interview! He's so fun.
2: He's so fun, and it's I mean he's got one of those voices like, like that's the Kevin McDonald voice, you know. Like you listen to Lilo and Stitch, and you hear you know his character come out, and you're like, that's Kevin McDonald,
1: <laughs> you know. And it's
2: like, it's just listen. Mean, he's got just a voice that makes you want to laugh, you know. He's, he might not even be telling a joke, but it's like. Right, he's just he's just so funny. It's so engaging. It was so a great much, conversation.
3: So much fun. And if you guys liked it, why don't you send a tweet to Kevin? And I don't even know if he's on Twitter.
2: Yeah, he is on Twitter. His uh his handle is Kevin the Kith K I T H for Kids in the Hall. Kevin the Kith. Okay. Go send, drop him a line and uh, tell him you heard him on our show and that he is freaking hilarious.
3: <laughs> and let him know uh, that you just enjoyed him and thank him for coming on the show. And that would be and great. check you out. That. And check out his podcast. Yes, for sure, definitely go listen to his podcast. It's great, and I, I, I'll put a, I'll put a great big beautiful podcast guarantee on it that you'll like it. Ooh, Ooh that's <laughs> the first ever guarantee. I know. I
2: don't even know what that is, but it sounds good. good. Thing, we're gonna do it. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's do it.
3: Uh, all right, guys, thank you so much for coming back week after week. If you don't come back week after week, hit that subscribe button. What are you waiting for? Why, why don't you come you back should. week after we week? We should come back because we have. Let me tell you some great guests coming up and some that we haven't even announced yet. And you're just going to be you're going to be happy.
2: And if you're coming on new this month, September of 2006, is sort of you're going to be assaulted because we're releasing two a week just to catch up on our backlog. Woo-hoo. So uh, stay tuned for the, the tidal wave of awesomeness. <laughs>
3: All of the episodes. All right. <laughs> All right, guys, you can find us on Twitter at the GBB podcast, Facebook slash the GBB podcast. I am on Twitter as well at 140 Justin C,
2: and I am there as the Roarbots.
3: And we will see you next week right here on the Great Big Beautiful Podcast.
2: Peace. Take. (laughs) You
3: like that? Like that? I love it. Peace.